<laughs> hey, I have more out there, but they're $20, $15. I got grandbabies now. I got to send them to college, you know. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. Living to go. Three oaks just to be called living to go. And when my children, my son and my daughter were little bitty, I'd say we're going to living to go today. Why aren't we going to our church? I said, we're going to living to go. I want you to watch that man pray for people. Pastor Paul Baggett. Now, if, how many of you ever heard Pastor Paul Baggett preach? You know, I'm a teacher. I kind of like things structured, points. You could tr there was no way you could take notes when Pastor Paul preached. He was everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, hell and heaven. I mean, he, he got it all in in one sermon. And I can't remember a lot of the messages he preached. I remember a lot of his sayings he said. But when it came to altar time, the anointing of God would fall upon that man. And I'd get my children up on the front row. i say, watch him pray for people. And when he would pray for people, the Spirit of God would come upon people and their lives were transformed forever. And my children, that marked them on what they could expect and should expect from the power of God in a Holy Ghost-filled church service. And so I'm forever grateful to the legacy of this wonderful church, and my family is as well. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse number 5 and 6. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 8, verse number 5 and 6. Notice what it says. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. This morning I want to talk to you about protecting your headspace. You know, um, every one of us, whether we realize it or not, each of us place a high value on our space, our space. In fact, our space is given an official title. There are people who study space, space. And that title for the study or the research of space is called proxemics, proxemics. Proxemics is the amount of distance that people are comfortable putting between themselves and someone else. Proximics. We, we, we use the word proximity, which means the amount of space we are comfortable between ourselves and someone else. And researchers have discovered that people, adults, children also, have four different categories of space in which they feel comfortable in the distance between themselves and someone else. The first category is intimate space. We all have intimate space. Now, intimate space is for close relationships. It's for romantic partners, family members, 
and close friends. If you are allowed in someone's intimate space, if someone's allowed into your intimate space, they are allowed up to you as far as zero, zero inches to 18 inches. Intimate space is zero inches to 18 inches. How many of you have had people that you were uncomfortable with get in your intimate space? And it feels very uncomfortable. People you don't even know get right up to you. That's your intimate space, and that's reserved only for close friends, family members, and romantic partners. That's the first, zero to 18 inches. Then you have the second space is personal space. These are for relationships which are close, but not that close. Friendly, but not intimate. And a distance where a private conversation can be heard. And personal space is 18 inches to 4 feet. So we have intimate space for romantic partners and really, 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 really close friends. That's 0 to 18 inches. Then somebody who's just your friend but not your intimate friend. You allow them to be 18 inches to 4 feet. And then you have social space. Social space is for casual acquaintances and professional interactions. That's social space. This boundary is four feet to ten feet. You can touch people with a little effort, but not touching constantly. So we have intimate space is for really, really close friends, zero to 18 inches. Then we have personal space, which is 18 inches to four feet. They're friends, but not really, really close friends, and then you have social space, which is for your associates, your casual acquaintances, which is four feet to ten feet. And then the fourth category is called public space. And public space is where all of our venues, this church was built with public space in mind in its hallways and things of that nature. Public space is those spaces designed for strangers where you don't have to have personal contact. Maybe just see them with your eyes, but you do not have to have personal contact. So we have intimate space, we have personal space, we have social space, and we have public space, and each one of them have distances. That's called proxemics. Now, during the COVID pandemic, a couple of years ago, a new phrase, a new definition was added to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. You know, they're still adding words to our dictionary. And a new phrase was added to our dictionary. It was the phrase, social distancing. Anybody remember that? Now, let me ask you, do any of you remember the space you had to be between somebody else to fulfill the requirement of social distancing? Six feet. You would go into a market or go into a store and they'd have places on the floor. You remember that? Where you had to stand when you check out at the cash register or the, uh, the uh, we don't have cash registers anymore. I, that dates me. Where you give them your credit card. It's uh, you, six feet away. Now, they used to, during the, during the pandemic, they told churches you can't even gather. 
They told public venues you can't gather. You had to, public venues could only have half of the, the, the seating capacity filled or a third of the seating capacity filled. Everybody had rules and regulations unless you wanted to riot and burn down buildings. Then there was no social distancing at all. But what, what's happened was, is that we started to understand how important it was to protect our space. In fact, when you think about it, we place a high value on space. And every one of our spaces in which we categorize has rules and boundaries that those spaces follow. And rules that govern those spaces, private spaces. Private spaces are not for the public. They're private for certain individuals. That's the rules that govern that. Public space, retail space. You have play space, physical space, workspace, green space. It has rules. You can't build certain structures on green space, storage space, outer space, crawl space. Cyberspace. And as my dad told a guy when a guy said, what's your son uh, studying at university? My dad said, he's studying to be an astronaut. The guy said, he did study to be an astronaut. Astronaut? He really? Yeah, he said, just sitting in class taking up space. <laughs> so you see, space is real important to us. Whether we think about it or not, it's real important to us. But there is one space that determines our direction in life and our quality of life. It is for this space that war right now is taking place in our nation. Make no mistake about it, our family's welfare is dependent on who influences and controls this particular space. And the space I'm referring to is your head space. The space between, behind your eyes and between your ears. The space that you allow your thoughts to entertain and dwell upon all day long. Our headspace is the most important space in our life. Therefore, it's vitally important that you and I learn and make a priority to protect our headspace. The first reason is this. Number one, our destiny and direction in life is determined by our thoughts and our thinking and who controls your headspace. Our destiny and direction in life, your destiny, your direction in your life, my destiny, my direction is determined by who's going to control this space and what we're allowing in our minds and what we're thinking about. In fact, you're here today because you thought about it. You are here today because you thought about it. You are wearing what you are wearing today, especially you ladies. You are wearing what you're wearing today because you thought about it. Some of you ladies started thinking about what you were going to wear today yesterday. Now, we men, we're not, we just go in the closet, take it off the hanger, sniff. If it's good, we're going. We don't even think about it. But you ladies... That's different. In fact, some of you ladies put something, I guarantee you in a room this size, some of you ladies put something on this morning and it didn't fit just right, so you changed and put on something else. You see, our thinking 
determines our direction in life. We move toward what our thought life is focused on. You're working where you thought about it. You went to university or school where you thought about it when you became older and was able to make those choices for yourself. You are driving a vehicle today or riding in a vehicle today that somebody who purchased that vehicle gave some thought to about it. See, our thought, we move toward what our thought life focuses upon. And the Bible says, whoever or whatever, we give access to our minds, our thought life. That is who will determine our destiny in life. As parents and grandparents, we are insistent upon protecting our children's personal space. In all of our schools, we have now security officers, and thank God for them. In our churches, a lot of churches where I go to every week, there are are, uh, police cars out in the front. As a warning, we are protecting this space. Every public venue, every ball game, every concert you go, there are plenty of uh, armed guards letting people know this space is protected. And when it comes to our kids, We are diligent to protect our space. But do you realize that if we're not as diligent to protect their head space, we will lose the battle for the next generation? You know the latest Pew Research reports that 97%, I just read this recently, that 97% of all teens, all teens in the United States have access to social media daily. 97% of all adolescents have access to social media daily. This is what's amazing. Over half of all adolescents, 13 to 17 years of age, say they are on social media constantly. The most popular social media sites for teens are YouTube, I like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. And according to Common Sense Media, they report that children ages 8 to 12, 8 years of age to 12, spend an average. Now listen to this. Children ages 8 years to 12 spend an average of 6 hours a day online. Children ages 8 to 12. Spend an average of six hours a day. Online has become the modern babysitter. Just give them the phone, keep them quiet. Now, here's what's amazing teenagers ages 13 to 18, on average, (coughs) spend an average of nine hours a day online. Have you seen a bunch of Teenage girls lately without their phone taking selfies? No, you won't see it. That's an oddity. They're always on their phone taking selfies. See, social media is a wonderful tool. But it's apparent that the largest influence in our children's lives today are no longer their parents. But it's our culture being espoused to our children on their phones and on their iPads. Well... I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I remember when a a couple came to see me not long ago, 
and they said they were having a problem with their child. Their child was starting to get into some things that they needed to get into, didn't need to get into, and thinking some ways and acting out in behavior that their child was not raised in. And, and I said, well, what are they watching on their uh, iPad? What are they watching on their phone? Well, we don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? And they, they used this term to me. They said, I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I said, I never heard it. I said, what's a helicopter parent? They said, well, we just don't want to hover over our teenager and make them feel uncomfortable. We want to respect their privacy. And you know, I sat there and listened to that, and I, think, and I said, I agree. I agree. You don't want to be a helicopter parent. No, no, you don't want to be a helicopter parent. I agree. And then I paused and I said, I tell you what you need to be. You need to be a Lockheed Martin F-22 fighter jet parent. <laughs> no, don't you be no helicopter parent. You be an F-22 fighter jet parent. You know the F-22 is the most powerful weapon in the United States arsenal of uh, aircraft. That thing carries weapons in its fuselage. It carries six radar-guided uh, air-to-air missiles, two heat-seeking sidewanders. It has a 20-millimeter multi-barrel cannon that can fire 100 rounds per second. No, you don't want to hover around. When that you see they're on something, you want to dive into it and destroy it. We don't want to be helicopter parents. And every Christian parent, every parent who wants to raise their child in the fear and admonition of the Lord, we need to understand that nine hours a day, there, are a, there is a force that's influencing our children. And it's a force of people that most of us have no idea who they are and most of their values are totally contrary to the Bible and the Word of God in which we're trying to raise our home in that environment. What influence are we allowing in our family's headspace? What influence are we allowing in our children and our grandchildren's headspace? What influence are we allowing in our headspace? C.S. Lewis said it this way, when the whole world is running toward a cliff. He who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. And the truth is the world, the culture, thinks we Christians have lost our minds. But the truth is they're running toward the cliff. They're the ones running toward the cliff. As Bible-believing Christian parents, we do not celebrate with the direction of this present culture. We are running in the opposite direction. Our nation, America, is in a culture of chaos. A loaded word today in our culture, a hot word today, is the word trans. T-R-A-N-S, trans. Trans is a prefix for a lot of our English words. A transatlantic flight is a flight that goes over the ocean. The country of Jordan used to be officially named Transjordan. 
because it was located across the Jordan River from Israel. And a transing is taking place in the United States of America today. There is a concerted effort underway to move us culturally beyond where we have been and take us to a place of gender confusion and sexual perversion. And as Bible-believing Christians, we cannot stick our heads in the sand and hope it goes away. Nine hours a day, every day, our children are hearing from this culture that's trying to convince them that this is the way they should live. Convince them of ideologies that are totally contrary to the teachings of Christ. So we must protect our children's headspace. You say, it's not that bad. Oh, it's terrible. It's not bad. It's absolutely horrific. When retail, corporate retail giant Target partnered with self-proclaimed transgender Satanist Eric Carnell's clothing line, it signaled that a culture war has reached a new level in our wonderful nation. Eric Carnell posted on his Instagram page, quote, being called a demon is something I can cope with, and being called a trans demon is pretty expletive cool. He went on to say, my, most of my work focuses on gothic or dark satanic imagery juxtaposed with bright colors and LGBT positive messages, end quote. And Target said, this is the way we want your kids to dress. North Face. I love North Face. I have North Face jackets used as a spokesman, a guy with a mustache wearing a rainbow dress, inviting people to explore the outdoor, outdoors, hiking, enjoying community art, lesbians, and lesbians making art. Disney advertises a guy wearing a dress and welcoming little girls into the enchanted kingdom. Listen, when biological men and boys are allowed to unclothe in our daughters' dressing rooms in school, our culture has gone mad. I'm a huge baseball fan. I love baseball. <laughs> Short, white, Fat boys don't play basketball. <laughs> People, all my friends say, I'm going to get the rim. I'm going to get the rim. I just would like to got the net. I'm, I was never able, unless I was on a stepladder, I couldn't even touch the net. I went out for football. So I went out for football. And they, my dad said, uh, I came in one afternoon. He said, how'd football press go? I, he said, fine. He said, what position do you play? I said, I'm tailback. He looked at me. He said, you're the tailback? I said, yeah, I'm the tailback. He said, I didn't know you was fast enough to be a tailback. I said, yeah, Dad, I'm the tailback. He said, how do you know you're the tailback? I said, every time I get off the bench, coach say, get your tailback on the bench. So I was a tailback. <laughs> My high school coach did tell me, he said, you do run faster than any player I've ever coached in the same place. So football wasn't my sport, but I love baseball. I just love, I still love it to this day. I'm a huge Atlanta Brave fan, although they laid a royal egg this year. I'm a huge Atlanta Brave fan. But I was so disappointed this year when the Los Angeles Dodgers invited a Christian hate group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, whose motto is on their website, go forth and sin more. 
And they invite them to perform at one of their games. It's a group of men who dress up as nuns. And they performed at Dodger Stadium. They portrayed Christ on a cross. And another guy did a pole dance on that cross imitating sexual acts. While the person as portraying Christ hung on the cross. You see, our culture is spinning toward madness. And every week I receive calls and messages, emails, people from out of state even coming to see me, from parents asking me, what do we do with our children, our grandchildren? They're being swept away into this culture of chaos and madness. And my question to us this morning, what's influencing our family's headspace? The source of our thoughts that we allow in our minds will determine our future. The source of our thoughts that we allow in our children and our grandchildren's minds will determine their future. What we watch, what we listen to, what we consume in our minds will eventually determine the direction and destiny of our lives and the lives of our children. Depravity and madness has been released in our culture. And it's up to we parents and grandparents to make sure we protect our kids' headspace. Why is it so important to protect our headspace? Because our direction and destiny in life is determined by who's controlling what's going in here. The second reason is this. Why is it so important to protect our headspace? Because our thoughts are blueprints for actions. Your thoughts, my thoughts are blueprints for action. Let me give you scripture for that. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 17. Look over at Matthew chapter 15, verse 17. Jesus is talking here and he says, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? Verse 18, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemous. Note, look at verse 19 again. Jesus said, for out of the heart. They said, what defiles a man? Jesus says it this way. Out of your heart, here's what defiles you. Out of your heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And if you read that many times, or if you ever memorized that verse, you would probably remember it this way. For out of the heart proceed murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. But notice Jesus didn't say that. Notice what Jesus said, the first thing that comes out of our heart. Notice what he says, for out of the heart proceed what? Evil thoughts. Well, you can't see a person's evil thought. I have no idea what you're thinking right now. You have no idea what I've been thinking this morning. They are invisible. Yet Jesus says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. What's he talking about there? Do you understand? Every action begins with a thought. Thoughts are blueprints for action. Jesus said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. And here's how evil thoughts are manifested. Murder, adultery, fornication, thefts, False witness, blast. Murder begins with a thought. Adultery begins with a thought. Theft begins with a thought. All intentional sins 
begin with a single thought. Why should we protect our headspace and the headspace of our children? Because our thoughts we entertain are blueprints for actions. If we continue to entertain them long enough, they will become actions that we act upon. How many times have we seen it over and over again now in our wonderful nation in which mass shooters, serial shooters, people doing mass killings, why did you do this? What note did they leave? And they keep saying, I kept hearing these voices telling me, telling me, do it, do it, kill, kill, kill. See, thoughts are blueprints for actions. Do you understand, according to neuroscience, that the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day. You and I think 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, if you're a genius, that's the average. If you're a genius like Pastor Darren, they say you'll think 80,000 thoughts a day. Now, if you have a teenager, you only think they think 10 thoughts a day. Can I go? 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 But the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day. Do you realize there's 86,400 seconds in a day? 86,400 seconds in a day. And the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day. Do you realize that you and I are processing a thought every 1.3 seconds? Now here's what's crazy about that 60,000 thoughts. Neuroscientists teach us this, that 90% of those thoughts a day are repetitive. They're the same thought. So if you and I are thinking 60,000 thoughts a day, 54,000 of them are the same thing. Have you ever got a thought stuck in your head and couldn't get rid of it? It's called a looping thought. Have you ever heard a tune and couldn't get it off your mind? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Recently, this will date me. Recently, recently I heard that old tune, She's a Brick House. Anybody remember that song? I was in a pastor's meeting the other day, and I was humming. Mm -hmm. Some pastor said, what are you humming? And I caught myself. I wanted to say Toby Mac. I wanted to say Hill's song. I wanted to say Three Oaks. I said, I'm humming, she's a brick house. He said, she's a brick house. It got stuck in my head. Well, see, if those thoughts get stuck in your head, and that's what they're telling us is happening, these people that are doing these horrific things, these thoughts get stuck in their head. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Why? Because thoughts are blueprints for actions. You think about it long enough, you're going to act upon it. Listen to what the Word says in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, in other words, he says, when it, the thought comes to your mind, you're drawn away by it, it comes to your mind, then when desire has conceived, when it get locks in, when you take hold of that thought, you entertain that thought. You let that thought run around in your mind. Then the Bible says it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. It's vitally important who you and I 
as you and I, make sure we protect our family's headspace. Why? Number one, because our headspace determines our direction. Number two, our headspace, whatever we're thinking up here in our headspace, will determine our actions in the days to come. Every sin, David and Bathsheba, Ananias and Sapphira, Judas' betrayal of Jesus, any sin that you've committed that you're ashamed of today, it began with a single thought that you did not take captive. And finally, number three, why do we need to protect our headspace? Because every day, every single day, two forces are waging war for our headspace. Truth and deception. Truth and deception. Truth will lead you to freedom. Deception will lead you to bondage. By the dozens and the hundreds, we receive communiques from people who've allowed ungodly, impure, unhealthy thoughts in their minds. And now it's caught them in bondage. Listen to John chapter 17. I'll close with this verse. John chapter 17, verses 14 through 17. Jesus said, I have given them your word. Jesus is talking to the disciple. He's talking to the Father. He says, Father, I have given my disciples your word. And notice what it says. And the world has hated them. Do you know why the world hates us? It's because we have the word of God. And we're wanting to live by the word of God. John 17 verse 17 says, Sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. People say, that what is truth? The Word of God is truth. Since the creation of mankind in the Garden of Eden, Satan has endeavored to convince mankind that what God said is not true. And the main cultural issue we're witnessing today is ever endeavoring to convince mankind once again that God's Word is not true. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. God said, let us make man, human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female. He created them. A scientific fact, a scientific fact that has been validated by study and research for years has aligned with God's Word. There are two genders, male and female. Scientific facts tell us that's been approved by scientists in every nation for decades from every major university that the sex chromosomes of human beings are designated by scientists as X and Y. Individuals having two X chromosomes are female. Individuals having one X chromosome and one Y chromosome, XY, are male. Now there are exceedingly rare occasions 
when the sex chromosomes of an individual does not fit the accepted norm. But being able to know what percentage of humanity has that abnormality is impossible to be found out because they're hiding that data. If you go online and search for the percentage of people who have an abnormality in their literal sex chromosome, you will immediately be directed to dozens of articles that talk about the percentage of people who identify as a sex different than their biological chromosome. In other words, being transgender is not about how you were created but how you emotionally want to live. I'm in a church house here this morning, and our job's to teach the Word of God. Being transgender is not about how you were created. It's how you emotionally want to live. The American Psychiatric Association admits that the word transgender is a non-medical term and does not describe an actual medical or physiological condition. It is not recognized by any science. The American Psychological Association says it's an umbrella term describing individuals whose inner sense of gender or outward performance of gender differs, differs from their natural birth sex. If somebody wants to be transgender, that is their right. In America, you can be whatever you want to be. But as Christians, we must stand against this philosophy that's trying to convince our children that they're different than that which God made them. This antichrist culture of this day is trying to deceive our children into accepting a lie about themselves. Did God really say, Satan used against Eve. Did God really say that? Did God really say there's only two genders Satan's using today? It's a deception. And we must, we must protect our kids' headspace. Research is showing that the percentage of those children identifying as transgender are rising higher in children than any other age group because of the indoctrination they're getting on social media. People, nine hours a day, who we do not know are the most influential on our kids' lives. And whatever our kids are thinking, that's the direction they're going. Our direction in life is determined by our thought life. Our thoughts will determine our actions because thoughts are blueprints for actions. And there's two forces at work today. The force of truth and the force of deception. And the one who wins will be the one who reigns over our families. And as Christians, we've got to stand for truth. Would you stand with me? It is important what you think. It's vitally important what you listen to. It's amazingly important what you read and what you watch.
If you're here this morning and you say, I've got family members that are falling headlong into this culture of madness. Maybe they were raised in a church. Maybe they were raised in a Christian home, but they've walked away from that. And you're burdened. You're grieved. And you don't know what to do. I want us to pray right now for them. If that's you, if you've got family members that are falling, walking away from their faith, falling into this culture of madness, I want you to raise your hand. We want to include you in this prayer. Look at all those hands. Now, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know we're in war. We're at war for the minds of our families. And we believe your word is true. And it seems like we, we seem so powerless against this onslaught of hell that seems so convincing but Father, your word is alive and powerful. So I pray for our families. I pray for our children, our grandchildren, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts, our uncles, our nephews, our nieces. I pray for our friends at work, our colleagues. I pray that their eyes will be open to truth. In the last days, you said a great deception is coming like no and ever before, where it's here. And we asked you, Holy Spirit, we asked you, Holy Spirit, to protect our kids and protect our families and open doors, open opportunities for we as parents and grandparents to lovingly and compassionately speak truth into our family members. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.